greatest medical insurance in the cup in, in the entire fucking world, dude. In the whole well, world. I mean, America's just got the best insurance if you can get it. It's like Herschel Ins- Walker says: the United States is the best country, and the Jesus what did he say? The best shit. state in the country, or something. United States is the. Are best. we starting this fucking episode with a Herschel Walker quote? Is that what the fuck? <laughs> Apparently, happened? not into that's that. what happened. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that is that, right. That is worse than 311, I will say. Let's not fucking talk about that idiot ever again. Hopefully Raphael Warnock wins. Go Raphael Warnock. Yeah, I'll I'll back that at least because, Jesus, like that idiot. Like that's one of the dumbest politicians I have ever seen open his mouth and people be like, sure, let's vote for that guy. He's a cop. He's got that badge that he carries around, you know, that he got from a He's not a fucking cop. I know. God, doesn't man, even not live there, him. so it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's one of those, isn't he? He doesn't even live in the fucking yeah. state. No. He knows what's best for the place. Probably one yep. of the girls he forced to get an abortion lives there, though. Yikes. Boom. So anyways, this is Is It Worse 311. Hey, hi. Wonderful. Uh, this is standard crew here. I don't need to introduce myself. I don't give a fuck. See his cocktail? See his cocktail? You're looking at it? Is it I called the call Second toot? Genesis? Oh, fuck. The toot toot. No, it's not. Fuck. It's it's called the. I was trying to make it one uh, uh, called a juju, and I was trying okay. to do like a like a mix of uh, like absinthe and gin, and like and it just it wasn't working. It wasn't working. But this is a uh, uh, coffee syrup that I made with Kenyan coffee, a little bit of brandy, yeah. a little bit of sweet vermouth, nice sweet vermouth too. I don't you know buy shitty stuff, and uh, I'm not drinking Dolan. Go fuck yourself, and uh, a little bit of whiskey. <laughs> So it's a, so is it like what equal parts sort of like a man like a Manhattan or like or like a Negroni it, like is it's it equal it's, parts? it's like uh no it's Sorry, like Manhattans are equal parts but it, it's like equal parts brandy and and whiskey and then like half syrup half uh two two one basically two two one yeah or one one okay. half but one. I mean it, for well, our purposes two two one is easier two two one plus one syrup. <laughs> I suppose, whatever, however that works out. I never understand it. Like two, two, one, huh? Did you do the one plus I... one thing on purpose? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sure. I was just like, <laughs> this is. The... I don't know why that when... paused me. I was like, wait, he's brilliant. Oh, no, when bartenders man. tell me that, you know, I've been bartending long enough where I should be able to get it. When people are like, do like a like two, two, one, you know, I'll be like, um, measurements, please. Just give me ounces. <laughs> Can I get ounces? You... Liters? I don't know. You make a better drink when it's precise. That's it's at least you can make it again the same way. Well, and that's I mean that's the what you want. You want to I mean that's why people people like comfort and comfort often is the taste of the thing or the smell of the thing that you know. Why would you go and order a man like that's why when you order an old fashioned at any place you're like fuck what am I gonna get? Is it gonna be so sweet that it's saccharine and disgusting to drink? Is it gonna be a different right, color? So Will be it be brown? Will it not be brown? Yeah, they put so much. Uh, you know, sugar in it. It's just like, dude, I don't... You have to tell bartenders not to make it sweet. It's not a sweet drink. No, it's not supposed uh, to be. I, it's not supposed to be, but it is almost everywhere you go, you know? So it's like, it's yeah. good. That's good to... It's a good thing to ask what is exactly the measurement because then you make a better drink. I, old fashions for me are difficult because... Not difficult, like, if I'm drinking it, I know what I'm making myself, you know? And right. I alter it as I need, but when people order it, it's like, do you want it sweet? How sweet do you want it? Because some people, you give them a dry old fashioned, and they're 
Uh, uh, it tastes like whiskey. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure does. You go figure. I'm you a snob. Been, I give them an old-fashioned uh, the way I make it unless they ask for it differently. I've been making tequila old-fashions. I'm not sure what you call them. Nice. I think there isn't a name for it, but I've been using like a little bit of agave syrup and then reposado. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like I was... They're good. They're good. I like them. The first time I had to make one, I looked at the guy like he was fucking nuts. You want you want that? I okay, feel sure. like I would prefer it to be mezcal because I like the smoke. But yeah, I mean, like in that, Ugh, it's like it's bitter, fine. you know. But yeah, it depends, no, though. It, that that smoke could be yeah, depending on palate though. That no, mezcal. sure, but I'm just saying that yeah. it balance balanced with the sweet, the smoke with the sweet. That's why I, I like um, the last word or the ultima palabra, which is a take on a beverage that you switch out gin for mezcal and the smoke adds to the sweetness like the smoke with the sweets nice that's why i would i would say in that sure. beverage i would ask call for a mezcal sure sure but. yeah yeah good call good call so anyway that's uh that's what i made it's called second two, genesis two. and that that's two two yeah it's based on uh the guy we're gonna talk about it's uh wayne shorter because it's jazz month we're doing jazz month now we're yes. gonna pretend that we're yes. classy and that we know what we're talking about so let me bullshit you about something that i took one college course about uh like 10 years ago ask me what i think about jazz and hey what do you think about jazz toot toot and wayne shorter toot 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 why did we start saying that shit what is wrong with us uh, Wayne Shorter, if anybody is unfamiliar, is a uh, probably one of the more famous saxophonists of the, I don't know, 50s, 60s, 70s era of jazz. Uh, probably one of the more forefront musicians in jazz fusion. Uh, played with Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers that we're pretty much going to totally over. This guy has so much fucking material and has worked with so many fucking people that we have to only focus for the most part on what he did solo. His compositions and his the people that he played with under his name. As opposed to going into talking about Miles Davis's second great quintet. Or uh, The Weather Report, which is a band that I would love to cover in this podcast at some point. That would that'd be fantastic. It's... Like elevator music from hell. That's amazing. I'm sort, of bum- I'm sort of bummed out we didn't. Once I like, gl- oh man, I was it like, was... yeah, weather report. Dude. Oh, dude, so I was weird. very like, what? What is going on right now? <laughs> when I started it, <laughs> weather report's one of those bands that uh, when I like first started getting into music, you know, I, I was getting into like punk rock and shit because that was popular at the time, and I had a guitar, and you know, you. You want to play it fast and mean when you're a kid. And uh, somehow that ends up with me at a Goodwill just buying records that I don't recognize. Oh. And I ended up with a Weather Report record. Uh, if anybody sees it, it's the, I can't remember the name of it. It's one of their most famous ones. So it's got like a like a guy in a suit. It's like a suit and a, and a fedora. And then like, instead of a head, instead of a body there, there's like a storm cloud. With li- uh, yeah. amazing, amazing covers, just it's I am fucking that. They got some really ridiculous. sick covers though. They got like, there's a they they got a lot of albums where there's some really <laughs> dope album covers. I was like, oh shit, man, this is like heavy weather, dumb, maybe. Dumb. Yeah, it's heavy weather. 
Dolly slash like Monty Python like shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like avant garde for avant garde sake, but also like yeah. not so crazy that it's not uh, like a mainstream applicable sort of thing. I'm, pre- <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of my other than that record, some of my first exposure to the weather report was actually from the Weather Channel because like the music is dead on perfect for that shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, certain certain albums. I would yeah I. I still can't believe, like, Jocko Pastorius, like, that's probably the most famous guy in there that, man, you guys got to go look up Jocko. There's a documentary about him. I think it's, my name is Jocko or something like that. Guy was unfucking hinged The fact that he was a jazz bass player kind of blows my fucking mind. But we're going to ignore all that. That was my point, was that we're ignoring that there's (laughs) fucking... Too many of these albums. I, there's at least twice as many Weather Report albums as I thought there was. Uh, it's insane. I, it, yeah, it's this guy's work is nothing short of prolific. Uh, this one we're probably going to have to take by decade two because it's. I don't want to spend a lot it's of time on this. So ridiculous, man! You can't it, go album by album, man. Like I feel honestly, like it was... what? Honestly, honestly, what? It feels like we should just talk about it in three parts because. He goes from, in my mind, jazz to Muzak back to jazz again. <laughs> like, I, like in in terms of in terms of what I listen to, once he hits uh, Atlantis, I think is when it turns into the like jazz fusion, <laughs> like very at. particularly as I, yes. I hate to say it, I'm not mad at him because I think some of it's interesting. But like, what I mean to say is like, there's like a three or four album phase where he does that. He slowly gets more and more. Yeah. Progr- it's weird. He gets more avant garde and then decides that that's over. But then he goes back to his old catalog and just plays live jazz. So I mean, that's another well, see, way to look yep. at it. That's also like that's interesting because the development of what we would call jazz fusion is laid out almost perfectly in chronological order from this discography. Because you start off with that like '60s '70s form of fusion where they're introducing uh, like rhythms and and effects of funk and mm-hmm. R and B, and then they move into the '80s stuff where it's like, <laughs> what is this plucky electric bass uh, shit? Oh God, it's yeah, this, this, this Seinfeld bow, bass that you're bow, fucking. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah, that was very. <laughs> so get it. this guy starts off just to throw it out there um working with art blakey and like i said working with miles davis and miles davis if anybody doesn't know who that is well you're fucked why are you listening to a music podcast and you don't know who miles davis is that's weird uh i guess maybe if you were listening to the last episode where we covered kanye i could see how you'd be thrown off by all of a sudden us jumping to a jazz month when instead of like a fucking nazi black nazi guy uh fucking we don't want to go back into that no 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 you know actually hold on because you mentioned it i have to say one thing we didn't talk about his politics at all but kanye's the worst no i'm not gonna say anything more this is this is my david bowie addendum i i think that he's despicable and everything that happened over the last week is horrendous i was not defending him as a human being i feel horrible that i was defending him as as a musician because that feels even Eh. gross at this point obviously he was already where he was but Eh. My bad, dude's a Nazi. I've never, I don't endorse his views. He's the worst. The end. It's done. I, that's I do, absolutely I terrible. Do, I hate to admit it, but um, it wouldn't be the first time that a 
Nazis music on this podcast was looked at in the light of, I mean, it's not that bad for music. <laughs> the Burzum episode was very similar where we were like, well, I mean, I like lo-fi lo black metal and it's it's an interesting place to start with black metal but this man is a nazi <sighs> uh, so it's hard to hard to follow after that like once you say that it's like shit oh, fucking uh, there's some computer you know, there's some not the nazis had some composers they, they were fuck them but they did their thing um where was it? What was I? What was I talking about? So, anyways, like Miles Davis, this guy is known for Wayne Shorter is known for working with Miles Davis, and um, as being one of his peers, Miles Davis was known for if somebody in his group, because jazz musicians are all very much like their own musician, and when they come together, it's always like a super group. You know, that's you don't just join a jazz band. Oh, I got a bass in my fucking garage. Let me play. Oh, sure, dude. No, that's not how that works. You have to have chops. You have to know what you're doing to some degree. And Miles Davis is known for having people be like, here's a composition I started. And him looking at it and being like, cool, we can do this part. And then I'm going to change this and this. And uh, Wayne Shorter is one of the people where Miles Davis would look at the composition and be like, yep, let's go. That's, that's, that's dope, son. That's yeah, dope. Like, super impressed. If you impress Miles uh, Davis, Wow. Uh, the other parallels between the two is that the first couple Wayne Shorter solo albums, and if you listen to earlier Miles Davis, are both pretty much straightforward bop, which would be uh, jazz that tends to be faster. It tends to have more of a driving rhythm type of thing, a little bit quicker, a little bit more like, look how quick I can play this. Super impressive, super impressive. But those, like, the first couple Wayne Shorter albums are like that. And and I remember Robert you were saying some of it is uh just like, oh, this is jazz and it sounds like jazz. Here's another <laughs> jazz song to sound like jazz. But it was quicker. You know, like are you like you can't like you agree, yes, that the earlier albums tended to have a little bit more of like a fast-paced it, blistering it, jazz solo style. Yeah, and like the bassist is like really climbing, like bum 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 crazy. Yeah, it's fast. There's a lot of. I mean, it's it's quick. It's it's got pace, but I mean, I mean, I'm putting, I'm listening to the second album, and it's it also has some of that slower, sitting in a dark, smoky room kind of jazz feel to it too, though. You know, like like, which I fucking love. Well, okay, but there's chronological, there's chronological, right? And then there's what, how it was released. So I listened to it chronologically. Yeah, this is all weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I listened to it by how it was released. I didn't realize that Second Genesis was released in 1974, but was actually the second album, which made it make sense that the name was Second Genesis once I figured that out. Um, But what I was. Well, and then like Soothsayer was released in 1979, you know? Like. Oh, is that another one that they did that but with? Technically, that's that. 1965. So, I mean, like a lot of his albums got released at different times. So, I feel like that yep. also, if you listen to it when it came out, you wouldn't be experiencing the discography in the way that you guys and I probably listen to it. I think sure. that's an important well, note to make. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also find that interesting for the idea of the um, the way the record companies worked at the time where and jazz bands worked because a jazz band will just go into a studio like, oh, we did a I session. Just, yep, lay shit down. Yep. yep. Hit record. We're going to see what comes out of it. And then, like, yeah. five years later, the record company's like, oh, 
we own the rights to that, don't we? We could edit that and throw it out, <laughs> couldn't we? Let's do that. Why, do, why didn't we do that five years ago? Cool. Well, oh, and there's something like waning moments where literally it tells you what take it was. You know, like this is take eight. Oh yeah. We yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, enough yeah. Improv- improvisation in the way that this song is laid out and organized that we preferred how we did this vibe and this jam and this groove and this like you know particular rhythmic section better than the other ones and it's not even like they're doing takes like they know that they've got it every time it's just whether yeah. or not they liked how the 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 chops and the improvisation occurred you know which is cool like that's a the, cool space to be in I, I i think that's a really neat note this sort of jumps ahead but uh if you want like a solid example of that and you can handle avant-garde 60s fusion jazz um psychedelic 60s fusion jazz if you look up miles davis's the complete bitches brew recordings it's bitches brew you know it's a two-sided record that's it it's it that's it there's like four songs on it or something and it's done uh wayne shorter's on that no, it's one of his most one, famous yeah. albums yeah uh, if you listen to the complete recordings every there's like four versions of each song and they're all 20 minutes long and it's like the whole like you're like uh, uh, that sounded perfectly tight and legit you know it sounded like it you could have just put the whole thing out and they did i mean after a while but it really does put into perspective how they made these records and how they recorded them and how the sessions went so uh i just so since you're talking about bitches brew i just have to throw this out because it's probably one of my favorite things i've ever my only like first thing of knowing about uh Wayne Shorter was through Bitches Brew. Yeah. Because at the time uh my brother and I <clears throat> had gotten uh these bottles of beer from uh I think it's like uh Doghead Brewery or something like that from the East Coast. I think that's right. I think that's right. And I know I know the beer you're talking release, about. Dogfish head. They release Dogfish, yeah, thank you. Go. Yes, I feel dumb. Uh, but I, <laughs> I do too. Don't some, worry about it. <laughs> they released these uh, fucking <laughs> bottles of beer for bitches brew, and at the time, I knew a bunch of people that worked at a liquor store that secured like a sh- like every one of my family <laughs> and everything. One of them. So, I, in fact, I think I have, like, <coughs> one in storage unopened, if I do recall. But um, we did, my brother and I, we took his, and we split it, and we took mushrooms that night, and we both fucking listened to bitches, the full Bitches Brew Jesus album. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. That's just too much. It's just so, like... like uh, on Goomy's, it's such a drinking the fucking beer like <laughs> that's cool and it's tough it. and it's it, well it, it's tough too because it, it's like a it was like a it was like a stout i think yeah yeah i'm sure yeah sure it, so uh-huh. it was full body so like yeah, it, yeah oh my god that was that was fun though dude listening to that, that entire album just it is. That, that <laughs> album is one of those that, like, there's times when I'm like, Bitches Brew is genius. And then there's other times where I put it on, I'm it's like, so this wacky. is fucking it's bullshit. So wacky. <laughs> yeah. the, the one song where it's just like, he plays like a trumpet note, it's like, burr, 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 burr. like, he's got an echo on it. And that's like his whole part for the majority of the song cracks me the fuck up. Uh, we're not talking um, about that, though. That's not what we're no, talking we're about. We're not. 
We're not. I, you just uh, brought think, bitches period. That's it. That's that's all I have to say. So yeah, yeah we'll go back. It's, it's an album. It's, somehow it's one of his most Miles Davis's most famous albums, which I think is just because it's so like. Did Out you there. guys just just guess? Yeah, did you just take acid and guess at what you were making right there? You're like, turn on the echo, go for it. We've never <laughs> had that before. Fucking it's, weird. Let's put a wah pedal on here. <laughs> it's jazz improv. <laughs> wow. I, I guess uh, uh, I, I, it is important to talk about because Wayne Shorter is on there, and and like we were saying, uh, the first couple albums they have a little bit more bop, they have a little bit more speed. You get to about like Robert also said, there is some more of the more laid back, uh, like environmental kind of like just chill out and listen to some jazz songs. Like Black Orpheus is how they start off waning moments, which is technically the third album he recorded, although maybe the second one released. Um, Night Dreamer, you start to get more of the ideas that uh, Miles Davis started to adapt for that era. Also, by the way, if, if you listen to Bitches Brew and you're like, this is nonsense garbage, um, I... I there's another album called Evil Live recorded around the exact same time. It's a live album that is far superior, far more enjoyable, and just as weird. I would heavily suggest checking that album out. Um, by the time you get to, to Night Dreamer, though, you get, by Wayne Shorter, you get these moments, which is technically his fourth album, or maybe third. It's on Blue Note, which is a, a switch up from the last few albums. Uh, and, and all, obviously if you don't know Blue Note, Blue Note is a massively famous jazz blues, uh, record label that has a catalog worth exploring over and over and over again. Uh, when you, by the time you get to here is when you start to see parts where all of a sudden it seems like they decide halfway through the song to abandon the structure where they're not, or maybe they'll like, Let's just one instrument take over and do sparse type of stuff that that doesn't necessarily seem entirely musical or doesn't seem necessarily like as rhythmic or or like fights against what's happening. And maybe this album isn't the pinnacle of that sound, but it is it, the one I'm talking about, the, the, the like Night Dreamer. But it would be the beginning of that. And this was 1964. A lot of jazz guys started doing this, and I can't say that it doesn't line up almost exactly with um psychedelic music and the Dude, use I'm... of of studio effects uh is it's cool it's super fucking all, cool all i can me. say is so many fucking tracks on this if we're talking just uh nightjammer specifically holy shit dude like this dude's fingering on that fucking tenor sax. You said fingering. <laughs> I know, but it's, uh-huh. it's fucking insane, dude. Like, like, like I can play. F- fuck. Like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa. And exactly, if you're tripping balls and just like listening, like exactly, like it doesn't matter. You could be like sober, tripping, doesn't matter. Like this, that playing is insane on some of those tracks. Like. Black Nile specifically, like I remember having just that like fucking intro part where he's just like, yep, all uh, just a I slur of of fucking notes that are all yeah. perfect though. 
yep. straight on time, right in key. Even if yep. it sounds like it's it's dissonant, it's meant to be that yeah, way. But it's meant to be and flowing the way he's trying to go, and it's oh, this, this era. Fucking, yeah, I love no, this so cool. fucking shit. Love this era is it. Like my favorite part about this, and I I feel like some people have problems with this, is that the fact that sometimes these songs literally sound like every musician on the track is fighting each over each other over the song and but like it, it's just like, like this works and then it comes all together and all of a sudden you're like oh there it is oh they're yep. playing together and i i what was that hurricane of jazz that just slapped me in the face yep uh maybe more so on the the next album juju which is one oh, of his Juju's pretty good yeah most famous albums out there uh speak no evil has some of that but i feel like speak no evil after a minute there it started going where you would get those avant-garde albums and then he'd kind of follow it up with a here's a regular album like jazz songs you know we're gonna keep rhythm here we're not gonna go to outer space in the middle of the song like he would throw a couple of those albums in every now and then which might go back to the idea of we went into studio and they didn't release it until a certain time um, I think what's really striking about his compositions and at this phase, like the first two albums are normie jazz, like sit in a room sure. and and like impress a white mm-hmm. crowd. Like, no, nah, I don't. I say that like I, in a way that let's like feels that way. Like, ah, oh, we got to tone this down. And then like the next albums feel like dudes that are like free to express themselves however they want. And I think that mm-hmm. I think that what this 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 music made me feel simultaneously uh discomfited and at the same time very intrigued and enthralled like and uh, from track to track like genesis on all seeing eye uh is like just it's just like chaos it's like a thunderstorm and like like you were talking about the separation of instruments you have these guys um sort of like avoiding each other it's like they're moving to different spaces and there's an emptiness there which i think jazz doesn't does sometimes and doesn't other times like a very choosingly avoids uh sound and like in mm-hmm. this particular track specifically genesis on the all-seeing eyes like this disturbing track where it's like his horn is like almost screaming at times and there's nothing else happening and then you'll hear a little bit of like symbol symbol or a little bit of the brush and then it'll move into somebody like playing some like really quick speed sped up key that then turns into like the sort of typical bonk bonk key chord uh thing that jazz musicians do to like (laughs) suggest we we better groove and vibe and i just think that i think that it was really fascinating listening to this because i i did as a listen through all the way like i was listening to like 10 albums a night okay so i (laughs) i went through this whole period at once and i was just like oh i'm weighed down by it like it i it made me feel emotional i felt sick sort of like it felt like it was in my chest listening to this kind of movement from really melodic and thoughtful organization to very intentional deconstruction of music i thought it was cool i thought it was very cool but it's like 10 albums yo in a row (laughs) i don't recommend it if you do it that way man yeah i can't imagine it i felt a little crazy i felt a little crazy that day 10 albums that are all like a jazz carnival ride of ups and downs and spinning you all over the place i could definitely see that being a little difficult i i at this point i knew these albums these this is the kind of jazz i actually like because as a as a musician and a performer this is 
the theory that I appreciate. Like, oh, you said fuck the time signature for a quarter of your song? Let's go with that. That's cool. Let's figure out how to all come in at the same time after being like, I don't need a key signature. I don't need key. I don't need fucking rhythm. I don't need none of that. We're just going to do this for so long and to the point where everybody comes in, you know, or it all comes together somehow. Um, But I yeah, definitely towards, because it is the earlier in his career that these albums happen, uh, because the earlier career he was working with other people and... I definitely listen to like two albums would be like, yeah, that was enough chaos drumming for me for, you know, the next hour or two. I'm going to turn this <laughs> off and maybe chill out and listen to something that has some structure to it uh, instead of just like, look how good I can play this. But one, uh, of my, yeah, but one of my favorite things about the jazz in general. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The okay, jazz. I'll, I'll let you go the jazzes. It well yeah, no just, just it, the key the keyboard players yeah. like I'm so fascinated just, uh, by the keyboard player what, which I I, I just which, like right I which mean keyboard player well, well that's what I was I, gonna get into because on Speak No Evil uh, Herbie Hancock shows up mm. one well, of my favorite jazz keyboard players it was easily accessible but still well what what were you saying. Uh, well, oh, no, no. So uh, it's not it's not the keyboard uh, player at, per se. It's that it's that it's that chord progression. There's there's a rhythm. There's a there's a, clearly the drums driving the rhythm, right? Like that's clear. And like the bass does a lot of that. But in jazz, there's this moment where a keyboard player will hit like two chords, and it's sort of a pause when another instrument r- instrument is going nuts, berserk, right? Like somebody else is like doing yeah. like 15 notes in the time that normally a player would play four, right? Like it's just busy and slurring and like motion but the keyboard player does this sort of drop uh splash chords thing yeah and that to me is this it's such a simple technique but the maneuver makes those moments like controlled it controls all the madness and centers them and it's something i never noticed before while listening to jazz because i wasn't listening to it in in this sort of setting real quick robert did you grow a tail in your lap Uh, oh yeah that's a cat It's a cat. I see. Oh, oh thank God. Oh, I thought it was a bunny. <laughs> okay, good. anyway. Sorry, Perry, what, are you, what were you saying? I, I, that's, that's, <laughs> it was really fascinating. I really, like, I was driven by the keys, even no, though, man, obviously, I was I'll focusing say, on the horns, you know? But, no, that's what I was getting at, is, like, uh, I was blown away at, like, just at some of these albums where it was not only, like, uh, obviously... Uh, uh, shorter with the, the the horn, but like, damn, whoever he got on the keys every fucking time, like, was just f- so fucking like, wow, dude. And when they would go back and forth, and there was actually, uh, I think my favorite album with the keyboards would probably be uh, uh, the Soothsayer uh, was his. <laughs> Uh, McCoy Tyner, right? Was that the keyboardist on it? Uh, if I recall, give me one second. I've got the there is McCoy Tyner Tyner on that album. Yep. Ron Carter, Tony yep. Williams, and Freddie Hubbard. Freddie but, Hubbard's a big name for trumpet too. That's but huge. McCoy Tyner on that album. Holy shit, dude! Like, don't be wrong. Like between like him. And Wayne Shorter back and forth on some of these tracks was just like, oh, oh my god, dude! Like I was like just chilling, listening to like on my uh, my 
decent headphones. And you know, that's what it's like. Wow. Like, that is exactly that experience of just like jazz and just like chilling and listening. You hear these people that's just one of like the albums talking. That's one of the albums that's actually more straightforward. Also, I remember when I put that one on, and I was really, really enjoying it, but it's very p- piano-heavy and yeah, like piano-driven. And, and I remember uh, in the middle of, of listening to it being like, yeah, you know, I, I like like this is really skillfully done. It has a nice sound to it. It's relaxing. It's smooth. But also when you get that, that like mid-tempo – like, jazz with the drums jazz. and the piano it sounds like christmas it just sounds like christmas it does it and does I, I i get yep i actually uh-huh. i heard that a few times as well i will agree oh, god i, I wish i would have said something jiggly. to you, you guys in chat i went into this uh like quick like a vietnamese fast food restaurant out here you know they do like bon me but everything's ready so they just throw it on the bun for you basically and, yeah. um, that's how bun me's usually are actually Good yeah one. for sure um, and so I, I walk in there and they were, I wish I would have sent you guys a, a, a text about it because I can't remember what the songs were, but they were playing <clears throat> Christmas jazz interpretations of popular songs. Mm. And it was like so incredibly oh. conflicting that oh I, God, I, 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 hopefully they're playing it in there next time. And I'll tell you guys what it was because jazz month all month long here. Is it worse than 311? Yaz month? So we, Yaz month? Yaz, jizz. Oh, the jizz. Oh, yeah. Sooth say, Sooth, Oops, How crazy is that? One. That that was actually a term for it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, jazz. Yeah, they did... jazz. The jizz. Jazz. Jazz. Jizz. 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 Jizz was actually a form of it. Yeah, it's so yep. crazy. <laughs> it's it's yep. cool. It's cool that it's a synthesis of like all sorts of different music styles and like Caribbean music and like ragtime and like, it's just New Orleans tradition and like it's it's like. It's it's a really cool art form. Like it's a really interesting space. It was I was interesting reading the wiki about it and like listening to the rhythms. You know, they were like, "This is a uh-huh. what was that? What's the merende? Was that one of the rhythm sections? It's like a it's like a tat 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 tat." And they're like, and then they added it to this rhythm. And I was like, I don't know if you guys read about jazz. You you took a class on it, Crowder, so you know more I than mean, I, I ta- do. Yeah, I've taken jazz classes but, before, but I don't. You know, I can't keep the terminology in my head for that. And like call, right. call and response, which was like you know in terms of the history of america it was like slavery african americans like you know singing to one another as they worked in in these horrible jobs by these horrible enslavers you know but like that call and response as like what what perry was talking about earlier how the piano speaks with the with the horn section and like because how that's a conversation is very cool because it's that's very improv but it's sure. improv i related to like improv like even comedic improv where you're back okay. and forth and you're feeding off each other on that improvisation, which is fucking amazing. I mean, that's what good jazz musicians do. You know, you throw, yeah. you give them the piece. You're like, this is how it goes. You know, maybe the main uh, melodic line of this song yeah. is bup, da, 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 da. But then you are expected to be able to be like, bup, and know oh, that the, like the tempo and you're supposed to know you could play that song super boring, but the idea is to continue it on and not be boring with it and, and to show off your skills at playing in that chord structure and playing in that, that rhythm. Um, this, this music broke me a little bit because of my, uh, you know, 
very doc well documented over the months and months of us doing the show of being like i hate jam bands and i hate improvisational live soloing <laughs> and i'm listening to jazz and i'm like what's the difference <coughs> like i literally oh, was like good. i know no i know but what i'm saying to you is i'm what i'm saying to you is that that the jazz tradition clearly has influenced genres that make me ill but at the same time my i still had to ask myself like do I not like that? And did I just misunderstand? Like, I felt like I've had to reconsider my thought process on bands that jam. Like, I feel like I have to go back and listen to some and stop being a, an annoyed person after listening to how jazz... I mean, jazz musicians play in a different mode and, like, the way they create um, dissonance and the way they create key changes and the way they move. Like, the music, the music moves a different in a different way than jam bands do, but... It still shares that very particular talented musicians going, I'm good at instrument, watch me play, right? And that is one you of know, the, the most... The thing is, though, well, I'm just saying... Jam bands are so fucking cheap, dude. Those guys will be like, we got GCD, and we're going <laughs> to... look. I, I jammed out on GCD for five minutes straight. It's like, that's the fucking boringest thing you can fuck. Can you imagine fish trying to cover some of these fucking pieces? Oh, I mean, I don't even know what fish sounds like, dude. Honestly. Well, fish is terrible sounding regardless. But what I'm saying is, I don't, I'm not trying to say jam bands (laughs) and jazz bands are the same. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that at the end of the day, when you break down the function of the music and how it's like having a conversation, it shares a tradition. Obviously, jazz is the, the progenitor, is the creator of that sound, and jam bands have bastardized it in a certain way. However, I'm sure there are jam bands that are using jazz formula and that improvisation in a way that's actually oh, yeah. interesting. That's all I'm saying is like I mean, for pretty- me – Having disliked it so aggressively, jazz is incredible, and I was like, "Man, I didn't even know this is so good." Fair. I I, I feel like um, I'm pretty sure the one of the guys from Fish. Not not that I want to keep talking about Fish. I fucking hate that band. It just sounds like <laughs> bad Ween. Sounds like bad. Like half of it sounds like really bad Ween. Uh, and Too, like they, drawn out bad Ween. Yeah, yeah, it's like they heard Ween and they were like, can we do that? But for 10 minutes straight, and Ween was like, we can do that for 10 minutes straight. Why are you doing that? In we're going to do it for 25. Think, I can do it in 25. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's, what's his guitar playing D-bag from Fish actually studied jazz, and that was like one of his like focuses in college, which makes it even worse that he makes this like crappy folk Americana funk influenced 4-4 timing just goddamn terrible dad rock <laughs> that could just go fuck itself uh, I fucking hate that band oh my god every time they have a song I don't like fish either they have a song where the lyrics are oh tequila oh wait what the fuck is it uh, I can't remember the, the middle part but it gets to the point where he says I want to kiss my Mexican cousin once again and he's talking about taking a shot of tequila, and it's just like it makes me want to never drink tequila again. It makes me want to vomit. It makes me want fucking fish to retire and disappear into the ocean, to never be heard from ever again. It's just the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> I. What were we talking about? I didn't I realize that the album Cetra. Good, good uh, yeah, music. I'm, no, I'm moving. Jazz, good. Jam bands, fuck you. Bad. Uh, 
Unless I'm at a festival and I'm tripping really, and really, really fucked hard. up on shit. And then I'm <laughs> yeah, like, like, I can't comprehend how shitty you are. You keep That's, going. You do you a, right now. <laughs> being at a live show is not the same as listening to some goofy band's live recording. Like no, live recordings not, of jazz yeah. is is different than live recordings of these jam bands. But I, if I was in a <laughs> jam band show, I wouldn't be the maddest guy Dude, at the live, show. No. Being live sure. at any show is way different than anything. There are so many factors. Like, I, I mean, like, obviously, the most obvious drugs involved would be yeah. a huge factor <laughs> on a random band that you may never have watched in your entire life. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, holy shit, this what? is so great. I'm a Nickelback like, fan now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to San Vegas Quentin. Bomb, bro. Vegas bomb, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it I love Evanescence, brother. Yeah, can't wake up. Wake uh, so me up inside. Good. Won't wake up. Yeah. Can't wake up. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Save How old me. is that? Are you are you <laughs> that old of a fan, man? Come on, dude. I am. I am. That's my my favorite Evanescence song. Uh, to see them play live with a small orchestra that's Perry's like sure my favorite is album is the one I had to listen to last week that came out because my kids like it <laughs> thank god no man uh, all, all I have to do is listen to the goddamn uh, Nightmare Before Christmas album and the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse album Those are like the two albums I have to listen to rock <sighs> really the end into the have you seen the new is the new into the spider verse out yet i don't think uh, so. not yet comes out next year not yet next but year okay, well that my, means just a few my, months away i suppose my youngest's favorite album is the <laughs> into the spider verse album uh soundtrack weird weird i can't think and, of any of that music but that's uh, pretty hip <laughs> she likes it because it's got that like uh post malone like sunflower song on it Never and mind, that's we're not talking, pretty hip. We're talking four years old, and she like Yeah, it's cool. I'll I'll play it and all of a sudden I'll hear her like almost like sing it in the back behind me. And I'm like, oh Perry, Jesus. You play it and it wakes her up inside? Can't wake I up. I just I just save me. Save me from the uh, nothing that I've become. I just no. want to make it clear that Perry, I don't really want your four year old to be hip necessarily okay i don't either i don't either you do realize this was not me pushing it on her this was her figuring things out and saying i want to hear this and i was like oh uh, oh oh, okay and i play when i hear post malone yeah that's right motherfucker and i was like wait what did you say motherfucker and she was like nothing dad and i was like nothing motherfucker when, when I hear Post Malone, I often think, who would enjoy this? And now that I know it's four-year-olds, it makes sense. That's fine. It, it actually does. Yeah, I'm at peace with that. It's not bad. No? It's tolerable. Should, how many How many albums does Post Malone have? I don't give a fuck. I, we have not listened to anything. What do you mean all, she wants, all she wants to do is listen to the goddamn End of the Spider-Verse album. Do I know a Post, Post Malone, Malone song? <laughs> I, I ask you a I fucking do. question and your response to me is, I don't give a fuck. Great. <laughs> I wanted an answer, damn it. 
I had a reason I was asking that because we're looking for shit that's like easy to cover over the the beginning of the year so that we don't have to kill ourselves. Uh. And you know what? He's got four albums, man. Maybe we should cover Post Malone one of these days that uh, Robert might not be available. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll do it. He's got a song called Beer Bongs and Bentleys. I'm in. Or an album. Whole album called Beer Bongs and Bentleys. How could I not listen to that? Yeah, Tell me that's like not the, up my alley. Like, like the weekend or something, something stupid where it's just like. Uh, I feel like if we do the weekend, we got to make sure Robert's going to be there. Yeah, I feel Robert weekend in the weekend. Yeah, I feel like yeah. He's got some okay stuff. As I said it, I felt it. But uh, why are He's, we getting off topic? <laughs> what about Atlantis, guys? <laughs> no, we're not there yet. Um, no, I, I didn't realize that. So, well, I guess I there is something to be said about Atlantis. Is that that's the album that I listened to oh. just before Atlantis was etc. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that that album was actually recorded in the '60s, um, which now makes sense because I kind of knew what was going to happen at Atlantis. I don't want to. There's a couple things that we still need to talk about before we get there. Because uh, okay. Wayne Shorter does get a little bit weirder than just what we've been saying. Uh, there's a couple albums that stand out to me that I want to touch on. But the the fact that when I got to it, et cetera, I was like, how is this normal jazz, just is this jazz album happening right before this shit? And it didn't. That makes a lot of sense. Nope. Nope. Um, what was I looking at? Schizophrenia, Supernova, those ones, Odyssey of Isca. Yep, those ones. Yeah. Those are the ones that I want to want to talk yeah, about. Supernova was so unexpected and bizarre. Um but I But like yeah. the the acoustic guitar and like percussion that was I don't like weird shakers um kalimbas vibes the john mclaughlin shows up on this and john mclaughlin is one of the few guitar players that um few caucasian guitar players that miles davis actually accepted in studio with him um no i don't know if anybody knows this but miles didn't really like white people very much uh go figure on that one too they uh John McLaughlin shows up on Supernova and some of it, I just like, I started laughing out loud. Just like you let this dude do that on your fucking track. So like, he just like, sounds like he's picking up the guitar and it's plugged in and turned all the way up. And he's like trying to put the strap on. And by the time (laughs) he finally got the guitar on, they were like, that was perfect, John. And he was like, yeah, Yeah, that's cool. I got another session. I got to go do (laughs) cool. Peace out, man. When when the uh, the song came up that had like the acoustic starting on it, I think Sweet Pea and Dindy both had it, if I remember right. But it was such a strange recording choice in the way it was recorded and where it sat in the recording field. It was like, did I accidentally switch to a different album? And I had to look and make sure because it didn't even sound like a jazz piece. And this this album also has Dindy is the one where all of a sudden there's like. <clears throat> It, it sounds like echoey, like bells and shakers and shit going. And there's an acoustic guitar that sounds like it's in the other room and out of tune. And then somebody starts singing French. 
I sent this song to my friend here, and and she was I, like, she knows some French. I was like, "What is this? You want to, you know, you you're listening to French stuff because you're like in you're studying that. Is that French? You, you know, whatever. Right? She was like, "I'm French? not listening to this shit." Sounds like fucking nonsense. Couldn't even get through. It's just a headache of fucking like shakers and fucking weird out of tune acoustics. I'm like, oh, sure, fair enough. I I get that. I I found it incredibly interesting that towards the end of this experimental phase, he just chose to have one song where somebody's singing over an acoustic guitar. You've never heard that in any of the other albums. There's one other album where it's something kind of happens like that. What's that, Robert? Are you just showing us the cat? What is going on? Oh my god! What are you doing? Oh my god! It's are you rubbing your pussy right now? Right on camera. Oh my <laughs> god! Super gross. Uh, uh, Chick Chick Corea shows up on Supernova uh, playing drums, which is a, not exactly the most common thing for him. That's a, such a uh, wacky I mean, it thing. is, but didn't he rule? <clears throat> yeah, you think Dindy ruled? I, yeah. I I was happily caught off guard by it. I don't know that I, I look, really want to go listen to it again. No, it's but yeah, okay. It's 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 an experimental <laughs> track, and it's not super easy to listen to. But it it takes you like it's it's sort of nestled in between songs that are songs. Like there's still more experimentation, yeah. obviously, all over this album. But like songs with more structured environments, whereas this one is like someone just like. The horn sounds like it's just shouting at you, going ah 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 over and over. It sounds like a bird calling almost, <laughs> and then the, and then someone shaking the rain at you, it's, which is I think a cool idea. And then you know it changes it to the like it, it softens and all the percussion disappears and the singing happens. And I just think it's an interesting take. And 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 I and I don't think most most musicians get a chance to do something like that. And it's not done badly. It's done in an interesting way. It's not something you put on at a party and it's not something you listen to no. more than a few times, but it's something you might put on once a year. I don't know. I thought it was interesting and it well, fits on the album in a way. To follow it up with uh Moto Grosso Fio. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I don't, I don't know. This guy, I don't, I only speak English. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, my education didn't get that far. The, uh, it, uh, th- that album also has some of the like John McLaughlin's on that one playing a twelve string. It was was this the album that had a track? The, the one Moto that Grosso uh, feel had a track where somebody's just like, like just making vocal noises. I don't know. Did anybody else? I don't think this is that one. I don't. Was that a later one? No, there's another one. There is another one that I know. That they get into like this vocal range where even I got like, like, I get a little upset because it's like, I'm not listening to the, <laughs> I'm not listening to fucking jazz albums to hear fucking weird ass, like, I'm sorry, like, wannabe Bjork vocals. Like, there was a point <laughs> where there, yeah, there was a point where I heard that, where I was like, no. And I, I, I but- honestly, I forgot to write it down. And I don't know where it's at, but I feel like you yeah. are saying the same area because it was yeah. Very- uh, Moto, I'm I'm actually scanning Motocross of Feel right now just to like remind myself. And uh, this was one that I actually enjoyed more than Supernova because it had that like strange good. percussion and 
and like guitar effects. Yeah, it's it's it works a lot better. Maybe Native Dancer was but the one that Native Dancer. It didn't Dancer come out next one. though. It didn't come out next though. Just for the no, note. Was, did it not? Odyssey of Iska came out next. It was released in oh, okay. 1974. It was recorded in 1970. But Odyssey of okay. Iska came out in 1971, following Schizophrenia and Supernova. What, like, so? It's like it, the way that it's it's annoying because the way that we looked at this discography, it, it doesn't like. You want to say you want to feel like Moto Grosso was a, in the same league with Odyssey of Iska. They were recorded at the same time. You know, like those Absolutely. two albums yeah, yeah, are yeah. sibling yeah. albums, and those. I think Odyssey of Iska is one of the more fascinating albums out of all of them, honestly. I, I think that actually those two right there, the, the Moto Grosso and Odyssey of Iska, are, are ones that I would heavily suggest people listen to. They're yes. really, really good albums. For sure. Yeah. Experimental, but still something that you can listen to and relax to to some degree. Uh, experimental in a different way, not in like the chaos, like, fuck, that drummer just needs to chill the fuck out way. Which album does guitar start showing up? Like, I don't remember guitar in the very early stages. It's not guitar for the first, like, several albums, but, like, I hear guitar I, on um, Iska, and I don't remember that. Because I was like, I was I was like, oh, I think yeah, it's Jazz Supernova. Do- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Supernova that starts showing up on, which I'll have to check, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's right in, in time with... Uh, uh, bitches brew because john mclaughlin's on bitches brew and and so is wayne shorter that's probably how well, they kind a, of met up like that yeah because there's a lot of things that after bitches brew uh wayne shorter bitches brew is a lot of shit with a, released uh, in 1970 same, same with, with a lot of the same people so yeah 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 bitches brew is recorded right about the same time as these albums that i'm talking that we're talking about now um, which Fucking John McLaughlin. We, we talked about wishes. Have you guys not, ever? What? Have you guys ever listened to Modest Maha Vishnu Orchestra? No. I no. go just after this. Just go go. It's it's technically proficient. It's kind of like a weird mix between prog rock and fusion jazz. Uh, it's John McLaughlin's group, like the one that he was sort of known for more than anything else uh that might be not that might be grossly misinterpretation of the man's career i don't know it that well and that's that's how i know him though is that group um i've listened to like two three of their albums and they're okay if you can get through them they're they're good if you can if you're into that type of thing but it's it's not one of those like if if your friends listen to hipster music and you give them that they're gonna be like what what is this this dad guitar it's experimental dad guitar. I don't need that. No, thank you. Um, Iska has one of my favorite I, tracks on it. Joy. It's the last track. Uh huh. It the the bass line drives it in a way that it, it's it's like it's like this this plugging chugging bass line. It's like boom boom boom. It's like pulls it everything down. And there's like sort of these like tiny arpeggiated like there's the guitar here now. Um, the piano's like. I don't even think existed on it, but it's sort of cr- like the the guitar's crawling over it. There's it sounds like some maybe it's playing like a keyboard, not key like a, a yeah. Piano. There's there's no there's no piano on on the album, but there is vibraphone, yeah, marimba, okay. guitar, yeah. yeah it's, it's probably so cool. it's probably the vibes. 
it's 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 like it's like it's like almost hip hop to a degree. It's like it's got these really cool like rhythmic sections, and it like feels really dark. And like the whole album, I guess, is it like the names are suggestive of like a storm, and like I don't know, maybe joy at the end means you know you've you've arrived. But it's also not like it's a happy sounding music. It feels minor chord. It feels minor scales. It feels uh, it's interesting. I really like it. It's one of my favorite tracks out of the whole discography. I I just was skimming through it while we were talking about it, and I I was like, oh man, I forgot about this song because you know, twenty eight albums. It turns out uh, it's hard to hold all of that in your head in one week. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Is. You think? You think? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so go figure. Is, is took, that why I got the Wikipedia me. open right now to make sure I know what I'm talking about a little bit? Bro, it took me a minute to like realize, like, oh shit, where am I at? Like. <laughs> This made me. This made me feel like a joke on the internet that some TikToker was doing, where it's like every twenty-year-old music uh, uh, music major at school discovering jazz. You know, I was like, I'm basically a jazz music knower now. <laughs> it's like I love jazz, and jazz is my favorite music. Like at the beginning of this week, I felt like a manic, insane person. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard, and then this is the best thing. Like I kept oscillating between those feelings, but by the end of the week, I was like, wow, jazz is is life, my guys. <laughs> it's like Twenty eight hours later, I was like, I guess I listen to jazz now. Um, this is the purest art form there is. There's no other art like this. Is this what music is meant to be? Almost not music uh, sometimes. Um, I I am one with jazz. Jazz is one with so you're, me. You're not into jazz, you uncultured swine. Pig dog. <laughs> hey, I Look, watch do Soul. You, you don't know. I, I watch Soul. I know jazz now. Okay. You don't know Wayne Shorter and Checks Notes. Wayne no, I, Shorter? <laughs> I don't know Wayne Shorter. I only know Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross because they were the Samuel L. Jackson. They were no, they he, were the, they were the scorers of he's in Soul. That, right? Probably. I don't is know. he? I don't even fuck. Is, is he? I thought is he not? I don't know. I, don't I couldn't so. get through that movie. Soul? I watched the first 30 minutes of that movie and I was like, fuck this, and it turned it off. Oh, it's, Yeah, I don't like uh, wholesome shit, remember? I've seen it. I'm a fucking times. curmudgeon. I cried. I've seen something. it. I don't know. Yeah, it's hey, it's alright. It's cried. not. It's, it's interesting. Right. It won awards. It's, very, it's got jazzy shit. Uh, Trent Reznor yeah, I, I heard and Atticus Ross won shit, so. Okay. I don't know. Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. I don't want to hear jazz made by Trent Reznor. I don't feel like that's something I'm interested in. They I were. don't think he made the jazz, did uh, he? The jazz, I think he made no, the he didn't. music around He made the, the soundtrack. Stuff. The actual jazz pieces were by actual jazz artists, <laughs> not okay. not Trent Reznor. God, Joy Is slaps, dude. Did I just like no, he's not. Samuel he's L. Jackson? Jamie Lee Fox is, though. And Richard oh, Ayoade. Not who I I thought I ayahuasca thought that and the guy that hangs out with Charlie Wait. Murphy in the uh, skits say, from ayahuasca? Dave Chappelle. What is what happening? Is the what's the the Pixar movie with Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, oh you're talking about uh, Incredibles because he's Mister Frost. Oh. Uh, Mister Frosty Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's you know that stuff Ken Steven song off okay. of the Christmas albums, Mister Frosty Man. <laughs> That's who he is. Incredible. Well, the guy who sucks, sucks your dick on meth. Is that who's that? I got it. Wow. Was that what? What? 
Is oh, that I don't what Toofy and Stevens does? <laughs> oh, I heard Mr. Toofian. Frosty Man. We're we're mixing our metaphors oh. here, guys. I don't know what's Are happening we? anymore. All I know is that after the Sufjan Stevens episode, I had to drink those memories away real quick. In a van, I left a couple of, in your of the, car. <laughs> I don't know what that. Okay, don't know that. I, so can we finally talk about Native Dancer and how it's one of my least favorite albums that happened? Oh, my God. Native yeah. da- Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I hated I, this album. I hated this album. I'm looking at the... Oh yeah, no, it was real bad. This is the one. This is definitely the one that had the person just be like, ah, 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 ah. "Oh," um, and I'm looking at looking at the personnel on it right now. It has Herbie Hancock. I love some Herbie Hancock. Can't can't get away from Herbie Hancock. Not mad about that. Uh, but it also has Chester Thomas, and uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, Maurice White of Earth, Wind, and Fire as the vocalist. There's a lot of vocals on this album. I don't like the vocals. Uh, uh, no, me either. Well, I think that's all we had to say about it. I guess. No, the I combination hated it. of, uh, I of hated like it. rock funk, and then like certain world rhythms. It's just, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I don't even remember this album at all. But are you serious? Me. This one was supposed to be like. This is literally like one of the like epitomal ones, like. If if you look up really, home, yeah, like it's crazy. It's got, if you if you look up Wayne Shorter, like just randomly, this album is like <laughs> supposedly his like that's the one that comes up the most. I, and put I'm it in like, context. Super bullshit. I'm split away because might have been key. But Perry's right because this had you said it had Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's got some vocals. It has a song with 7 no. million listens to it. And if you look at Moto Grosso right next to it, it has 33,000 as a tie. So people listen to fucking garbage. Insane. This is insane. This is the most piece of Why shit is thing it? I've listened to. Why does the general public have the worst fucking taste on the fucking planet? And why are like, mines so refined and well? Like, I have just, I got the best taste, you know? I don't even have the best. I don't even have the best taste. And this is garbage. Like, what, what the fuck? Like, it's insane to me. I don't mind it's this at all. It's playing in my ear right now, and I'm, I'm not happy. No, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's like, it's literally like, oh, you just got off the plane in some random-ass Caribbean country. Yeah. It seems like it's leaning you into, like, Caribbean <laughs> yeah. rhythms. Like, you went to a bar, and the, the bar owner was like, you guys need to play something that the tourists are going to yeah, hey, to, or else you're you not going to have the house gig. You just landed in, insert generic Caribbean country. Well, thank you for joining us in, insert, fucking, ca- random Caribbean if, country. Miracle, if you took miracle the of the fishes. Miracle of the Fishes, right? This shit sounds like like I'm listening to like yes, done the wrong way. I don't like that. I don't want Wayne Shorter to play me a yes album. Put on from the dude, lonely right, afternoons yeah. though, dude. This is Bob, dude. Whatever. Get out of here. This is sure, Bob. Dude. Give me a second. I, I mean second, it's got it's it's like if you the took background. the if you took the horn off of it, it could be like a carnival cruise advertisement, sure. But I mean like his horn still got that. He's just so dynamic, well, dude. He just toot toots so well. It's a toot toot, dude. Toot 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 toot, yeah. toot guys. 
No, are this is the song that did it. This is it? the song that broke me. Are we what getting into Robert? like soprano oh, style? Perry? What what about soprano style? What's soprano style? What are you talking well, about? I'm just getting at big our, pussy our saxophones, right? Because he switches saxes, man. Like, I'm oh, I at... thought you were talking about the HBO show. No, no, I, I don't give a fuck about the Sopranos. I'm saying, yeah, I don't either. Because we're getting at that point where, depending on where you're at, release versus like, uh, like time frame, we're we're at a point now where he is literally dropping the tenor sax. Which, holy right. fuck, this guy could fucking blow on the tenor, dude. Like He's a blower. That's a what blower. That's what dude, that's what made me love the fucking early albums. Is that just like like that low just like uh, and now he's like literally picking up the soprano like Kenny G style and it's like <laughs> but there Kenny is a little G bit style. of that, that is not, there is that a is little so bit mean. of that later on there's later on there's later like... on later on like I'm not saying right away but later <laughs> on some... you cannot deny it you cannot deny there it there is some like some like uh New agey rock store, yes. or like, or yes. like, or, or like advertisements oh, yeah. on TV yes. that are only at, like you're mm-hmm. watching a television channel that's only advertisements type of mm-hmm. porn on this later for a few albums. Mm-hmm. There is, there mm-hmm. is, but is I don't know point. if it's there. This is, I don't know if this is when it happens. This is no, close. it's not here, but it's getting close. We're literally pushing no, on is, the but, edge. But this right is now. this is like the album where it was like. There was a split in the road, and he could have kept going forward, or he could have followed the split, and he tried to follow the split, and then just kept going off the road until, like, the it just off, no tracks, no nothing. This is, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Uh, the fuck are you doing? Trying to, like, make mainstream acceptable jazz that you could play in an elevator. And this no, is not even elevator. Where it's kind of like... We're, ta- we're talking what, waiting rooms. We're talking waiting rooms. Yeah, waiting rooms. We're talking uh-huh. anything. We're talking literally just like that. Like, where can I just sit and listen to like this? Like, decently. Any based, place. Like, uh, any place that you want to fill with consumers and make sure that they are not uh, upset or disturbed in any way. Yep. It like any the- environment that, that you just want consumers in there. What's important though is Native Dancer is the last album he releases as a solo artist for like ten years, and then he's yep. doing the Weather Report, which the Weather Report is doing Muzak Jazz from like nineteen seventy two oh, to nineteen eighty six. So, so actually, Native Dancer is closer to what he was doing in terms of it being sort of. A jazz that ha- uses traditional jazz instruments and traditional jazz sonics. It the rhythms are yeah. still are catering yep. to Cari- Caribbean rhythms, which is which is common and typical. But like it, it does start to get a little more uh, pop structured in terms of like focus. It's not as experimental. It doesn't move the same way. It doesn't feel as improvisational. Yeah, this, but weather report is, is happening fucking... at this moment. It's so, not improvisational yeah, for sure. at that point. It's yeah. impo- I'm just imp- it's important to note. That yeah, weather report, exactly. which become is is fusion yep. jazz. It's like the jazz fusion yep. band. It seems like you know. It's like very particularly. Yeah, 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 yeah. A bunch yeah, yeah. of dudes yep. doing that. So, I'll pretty much agree with that. But like this, like Native Dancer is. This is some like Stan Getz girl from Ipanema bullshit, 
Not that I have Dude, a problem with Stan Getz Girl from Ipanema. No, I yeah, feel because it's that worse. album's fucking it's lit. Yeah, this is way worse. That yeah, album at least yeah. is like that stuff is kind of cool when Stan Getz gets into that. Because level. That's and I think Stan Getz is happened. not as good of a, a saxophone player. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When right, that right. happened, that was like, yeah, okay, I can get behind that. But like this feels like yeah, I feel in line the, but like in, not in, and you miss the boat. And can I, I can I say one thing? The end of the last album, with in in order of release, not in order of recording, was uh, Moto Grosso. Okay, and it ends on Iska. And I don't know if you guys want to put it on in your headphones, but if you were to listen to this album and then put on Native Dancer, you would be shocked beyond compare. Like the end of Moto Grosso is super experimental. It's barely music at times. It's an interesting track, you know? It's, like, very uh, sonically uh, grating, I would say, for most people. And then, he, you know, he's like, now we're Weather Report, and here is Caribbean jazz. And, I mean, I, I don't know. It's sort of... This is... My uh, least favorite part is that they bring out the electronic bass. The electric oh bass. God. Not electronic bass. Oh, electronic I, bass. I, I can't argue with that. I really can't argue with that. Bam. Hey! Oh, is that that Kramer? Now that I say I, yeah, right. Hit Seinfeld. All right, cool. Now that I say that, though, uh, after the whole weather report thing that we're not going to cover, we're just going to like tell you it is what it is. It's it's fusion jazz. It's it sounds like you're listening to the Weather Channel. Um, it's Muzak. Muzak. He comes out. Comes back ten years later with the album Atlantis and the first song <laughs> off Atlantis, Endangered Species. Oh boy, I loved that. Oh, that got me with the cheap, fucking like shitty snap bass shit that I did not need. There's another song, another song out there. I think it was uh, this is this is a song called Sheer Khan. This is a song called Sheer Khan Tiger from yeah, fucking fucking <laughs> god. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous too. So good, dude. So, so dude, good. And dangerous. Uh, uh, the best part is, is that around this time, Miles Davis also started doing this type of music, where he incorporated '80s production style, '80s yep. effects, electric yep. bass, uh, and and it's like it almost sounds like jazzercise music. What about Herbie Hancock? Uh, almost, yeah, he definitely he Herbie oh, uh, was kind of ahead of the game on that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, his is actually pretty good though. The way he uh, did his, his is more like '70s stuff. Yep, you know, but it still shares uh, in this sonic palette. It, it yeah. does for the sure. The fact that all three of them decided to do that, I know that fucking uh, well, they, Miles all... was smoking crack. And so, like, at least that makes sense to me. It's like, why does it sound like this? And I was like, fucking rock, dude! I hit that rock. Oh, snap that bass. But this, I don't know, what the fuck is going on, Wayne? Why did you do this? Yeah, it's very interesting. That's all I can say. I think what bothers me the most about it is it sounds like hold music. It sounds like I'm calling the city to pay a bill, and they're putting me on hold and transferring me to the proper department. But it's like two songs like that, and the rest of them are kind of just like slow. With that same aesthetic, that same audio aesthetic, but not... Uh, yeah, it's just kind of boring. But not the tones, though. No. Like, it's not like no. electric. It's not like MIDI keyboard. 
Like the first song no. sounds like it could be made today with just a MIDI keyboard, like just somebody going bloop 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 and programming in some drum beats and then hitting some different sound effects on a MIDI keyboard. Like none of the rest of them have that palette, which is interesting that he would just be like, "Hey guys, here it is." All right, it's gone. <laughs> uh, uh, this this album actually the interesting thing is this album does have uh, the first track has a. Uh, I'm probably going to say this wrong. Uh, a synclavier. Um, it was a synthesizer. Uh, Frank Zappa used it for some of his early MIDI stuff. And it was one of the earlier like MIDI programmable synthesizers or at least programmable synthesizers. I could be, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it, it used polyphonic um, sampling and and... It was an advanced synthesizer that could do that kind of thing to make that sound. So, uh, and even w- when this first album came on, because I am a Frank Zappa fan, my first thought was like, "God, this sounds like jazz from hell." And maybe he did it on. Maybe that was why he made jazz from hell is because he heard this album was like, "Wow, that's what that's jazz super guys dope. are doing now." <laughs> super super dope kind of or something dude bowie listened to these albums and was like this is the heart's filthy lesson right here guys yeah right bowie listened to this album is like can i go back on cocaine i want want some more of that again uh what threw me off was the fact that it wasn't just this i thought it was just gonna be this album when i first saw i was like this is gonna be the album that I'm going to be super excited about because it has a really bad 80s sound. And you guys know I love it when a band that doesn't use 80s production decides to go into overly, like, produced drums and and just cheesy 80s sounds. And they become one of my favorite albums because they're so bad. But no, there's three of these fucking albums. And every single one of these albums starts off with a song that's like in-your-face, synthesizer-heavy, big, kind of upbeat weird jazz and then just kind of slows down to meh meh what it will like uh i don't need the rest of it phantom yeah. navigator is the one though phantom navigator is the one that leans in for sure the whole album for sure it leans in and it's like how can we make your experience at mastercard a little better while you wait i mean it's not there's no there's no moment that's not like hey are no, you waiting was, in yeah. line for a custom-made hipster uh uh, beard brush. We got you covered on these jams right here, boy. Twenty five minutes. Oh, condition yeah. red. Oh, they're all bad. Yeah, what? No, what? No, condition red rules. <laughs> that song is. I don't know oh, what's yeah. happening. I'm listening to it now. Yeah, no, it's good. Oh, uh, um, God, I need another drink and some weed for this. I don't know. Uh, that, yeah, that that whole album was very much where we're getting to Just drink some water. I'm getting point. too excited. We're, I'm just like, yep. He couldn't do it, huh? No, yeah. you're just waiting for, like, you feel like you're waiting for the next uh, representative. Just like, yep. Condition cool. Red does slap, though. Right. You're right. Yeah, waiting. Oh, no, I'm listening to an album right now. I'm not, <laughs> like, this I love that there's synthesizer was, on it. Well, that, I think like, that's what over it. really implied that remote control is some of the up. some of the schlockiest, cheesiest Kenny G that you could put through that you could uh, run ever. through, dude. Ever, ever. This I like. I haven't. 
Well, that's I that like fucking soprano sax, dude. That's what I was saying. That's that soprano sax. Once you go that soprano <laughs> sax, dude, it's hard <laughs> not to compare to Kenny G. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a, it's a little difficult. There is six people playing synthesizers on this album, and the ev- all but one of the drummers is also responsible for drum programming. There's drum machines on this album. That's exciting. There's a sound like there's a sound in this album that sounds like robots trying to sing. It's like I think it's supposed to be a drum sound, but it sounds like like the sonics of a vocal robot trying to like shout at you. And it's or, happening in like a it, jazzy ass song. It's remote control. It happens in remote control around minute oh, okay. two. I was gonna say is it the song Yaman Ja. <laughs> it's that, it's the beginning of Skynet. That's all I can say. This is amazing. This is a, I, this yeah. This is the one. Like Phantom Navigator is the uh, yep. holy shit. What a mess! Like total mess, and I love it. I love how off it is, and I would never suggest anybody listen to it without uh, a tinge of sarcasm. Joyrider too, though. Uh, like Joyrider. Mahogany. These, this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. There's a big jazz phase into avant-garde jazz, into whatever this period is. And it's these three albums, and then it goes right back. It goes back to being like, do you guys remember songs? Like, they played some of these songs live later on in a normal, like, traditional jazz format. Like, this, like I, no I electronics. Like a, I didn't catch that, but I believe you. Like, Joyrider is the name of an album, right? It's the name. Yeah, of, but there's yeah. a song too. Right, but Joyrider is a song on the album. I think it's the first song, and it's it's very it electric and it's very goofy and it's cheesy. They they play that mm-hmm. same song happens again on I believe it is yep. Beyond the Sound. Yeah, yep. it's yep. track yep. number five yep. on Beyond the Sound, which is the third yep. to last oh, album. I didn't even notice that. You're yeah. right. Which I I thought was more of a compilation. At that <laughs> and I point. liked Joyrider when, when it I was, was listening done to it. Because at first I thought it was a compilation because I was like, wait, I know this track, but it's like, oh, wait, this is not the same. So uh, that was pretty cool. I feel like after this weird electronic phase, he definitely slows down, though. You get the you get that Herbie Hancock album where it's just him and one one plus one, him and Herbie Hancock. Herbie's playing piano. He's playing saxophone and it's all slow. It's all kind of melancholy yeah. uh it's cool it's fine you know, like i didn't i don't have a problem with it but it didn't thrill me in any way it didn't stand out for me nope um, not at all it's kind of boring I, I also think at this point after all of that by the 90s he's slowing down to the point where um he's not playing as much on the albums uh, I might be wrong about that, but at a certain point, maybe it's in the 2000s, I feel like it becomes like him hiring a group to play his compositions as opposed to actually being right there. You know? I think he stops playing. High Life was a weird album. It's closer it to the... It's. I was saying that I think that he stops playing in like 2017 and then okay, starts doing sense. compositions. But also, I think that High Life still sort of has the sonic landscape from the previous three albums. It's closer High to Life, that music style, Muzak style of jazz. 
At that point, I believe we would call that contemporary jazz. Yeek. I think that would be the... Yeah, yeek. I'm going to go ahead David and say Gilmore yeek. From, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd is on that album. <laughs> um, the, dr- the drummer go. from the band Living Color is on that album. That's confusing to me. Uh... I don't it's, hate it either. Just, it just is schmaltzy. It's no, corny. It's, it's cornball. It's got yeah. It's contemporary. Uh, yep. As yeah. Contemporary. Yep. It's like it's like you told an AI program to make you contemporary jazz, and they were yep. like, "Why? There, you already have High Life by Wayne Shorter." Oh, it took okay. It took playing High Life by. <laughs> it takes that cool piano thing that breaks up the soloing and the improvisation and turns it into something that like completely guides the song instead of holds it in place it goes from sticking the song in a in a spatial arena in your ears where you're like whoa this is incredible this conversation is magical to being like the keyboard is like nah guide you don't even try to do something too weird because that's not okay come back over here and get us onto a caribbean cruise my guys you know what i mean we are going to get you there and i i still like i don't hate any of this there's not a, there's not an album that i was mad at i was just like this is funny i i sort of had like a yeah. I, I wanted to laugh a lot i was like wow this is what happened i would i would i recommend any of this shit at this point probably not except for maybe like you said uh the one in the middle the one with the sunset uh Phantom Navigator, Sunset. because I think it's interesting oh, and silly. One, sure. I would say, go check sure, that out, because sure, sure. it's goofy. And it's goofy in a good way, and it's also, like, you know, makes you feel good about sitting on your computer uh, while you wait for the next caller. But I... I, I it's, at, like, after... It, it, it almost seems like they showed up to a gig, and the uh, owner of the establishment came up and was like, Look, Wayne, this is a fucking piano bar. You leave the synthesizer behind, Okay. We have people paying like a twenty dollar entry fee to sit here and listen to Yaz. So you better just play some Yaz, all right? And he's like, I, I can do I, I I remember this. This <laughs> happened before. I can do this, I think. With my saxophone? No synthesizers. Right no just saxophone and piano. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not very engaging. It'd be fine if I was there. Sipping a cocktail. Oh yeah, well that's you know, everything. Eating some duck. <laughs> eating I'm some pretty duck. sure three, I've never been to a. I'm pretty sure three eleven would be engaging if you were fucked up and like in the backseat and you didn't have to pay for tickets and you were just like Dude, watching. Three, you, like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you know who should be on these albums? Peanut. Oh man, Peanut should be playing bass with this guy. I really think it would God. fit. I think it would really help him out. Uh, if he could, if he could just get Peanut from Three Eleven to join the uh, Wayne Shorter Quartet, uh, there's nothing else I would want in, the, in this life other than death. Wow! Like That'd quickly, be amazing. like swift that, death. <laughs> that would be super amazing. Let's just imagine, you know, you're out for a nice evening, uh, middle of winter. You're thinking, oh, I'm jazz club. We just pass by a jazz club, maybe. Let's stop and check out some Yaz. And you get in there and it's like, hi, my name's Peanut. And this, this composition is by Wayne Shorter. How could you not be in heaven? And then it turns out you're actually on a cruise, you know, and Slightly Stupid shows up. Oh, God. Life is oh good. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I want to end the episode on that. I just want to end the episode with that. I'm not going to. I'm going to say that uh, 
one plus one has a song um that that is from the the movie death wish and that rules you guys like charles bronson you guys know charles bronson uh de- no get blank yeah, stares yeah yeah yeah. no 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 blank death de- they remade death wish they remade death wish with bruce willis e- bruce willis taking a- yeah and it was not good not that Death Wish is really like a great movie to begin with. I think it's really weird that they had Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter making a song for this, uh, like, vengeance film yeah, starring yeah. Charles Bronson. Uh, legendary, though. What's a legendary? I got nothing, really. What, Algeria was an album? Uh, I, I, uh, the, jazz. The Alegria, but also... <laughs> the, but also, the last... This, this is... This is all there is to say, I think, about the last part. Is it's him covering himself live and going back to playing jazz that isn't experimental as much as it is just more like the roots jazz he started with. That's the the rest of the discography. That's how it felt to me. Sure. He yeah. left that phase and then he was like, these are live albums. Like most of these are live albums. There's three different recordings of Orbits. Uh, there's callbacks to, um, the uh, Phantom Navigator or Joy, or Joy Rider that there's a, there's a Joy Rider track. Like it's him playing his own music and, and either reinventing it or playing it again. Like I, it's, yeah, well, yeah it's I guess, fine. I guess I was wrong. He is on, he is still on all these albums, even as an old dude, yeah. which that's pretty impressive. I suppose it's rad. Uh, I don't know why just, I was under the impression that he was just like band leader and not actually performing. Well, you think he, yeah. At that age, and you still do, if you're not able not to do it, like, you're still going to do it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I when guess. is the Three yeah. Marias from? The Three Marias was on... on um, Was on Atlantis, lol. So he reinvented yeah. a lot of the songs that he played in his, like, 80s albums. Like, he's he's covering himself. That's the end of his career. And it's fine. It's actually... I I enjoyed that he went from being like, I do this Muzak thing, to being like, ah, I don't know, let's just do some jazz again. Let's do some jazz. Please. See yeah. you later, guys. I, Here's an orchestra. I, love, I wonder if... Peace. I loved his early <laughs> shit, man. His early shit was so I dope. I wonder... I just wonder if the 90s came around, and, you know, he heard some, like... Nirvana or something, and like Alice in no, Chains, and then he went back and listened to his '80s stuff, and was like, "Holy fuck, holy fuck, get rid of like no, no, no. more. We can't do burn the synthesizers. No more drum machines." You know what it was? Playing jazz. He was sitting around, and he saw an episode of Seinfeld, and it was done. <laughs> he won a bunch of Grammys, dude. He won a bunch of Grammys in the '90s and 2000s. As well, he fucking should. In the nineties right. and two thousands is the when Grammys he won. are. But like, a joke, anyways. But yes, he should. Yeah. When has the Grammys not been a fucking sympathy show yeah. for fucking actual artists that they ignored for twenty fucking years? Yeah. And after they've yeah. hit their peak and gone downhill, here's the like, well, Grammy. Shit, you guys were really good. You guys oh, really try so to good. sell records now. <laughs> <laughs> You're really trying to sell records to the American populace. Well done, guys. Before you were just playing music you thought was good. <laughs> it's like Metallica is not one of my favorite metal bands by far, but remember when they gave the best metal hard rock performance to Jethro Tull in like the 90s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over Metallica? Yep, I do remember that. Like what? Who the fuck is on your committee? Yep. What do you people listen to music? Do you do play do, music? Do, do, do you know? Do, 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 do. Hey, 
Because yes, they were like, we just got back from flute, the Wayne man. Shorter show. Hey, it's yes, <laughs> you guys. You guys, I I heard this. Uh, this I was at, after the Wayne Shorter show. I was coming home, and somebody told me about a band called Jethro Tall. You ever heard of that? They're so That's rock. They're huh? so rock, man. It's hard rock. It's almost metal, but it has a flute. It's, he's a flautist. Well, then that must Wonderful. be metal because the flute's made out of metal, right? That's the flute is the most metal instrument that I can <laughs> fucking think of by far. Absolutely, that's just a really harsh instrument. That really, you know, dark. Well, when you uh, have the when you have the name flautist like that, it, that in itself strikes fear upon all your enemies. I'll say I did like without a net from that time. I found that some of those compositions were a little bit more appealing to me as an album as a whole. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else to really say. Wayne Shorter is never going to be worse than 311. 311 oh, fuck no. uh, sucks asshole. In a bad way. For, like, not in fun. A, yeah, in a, like, bad, in a bad, way. bad way. Not in a pleasurable way. No, because there they're, is they're pleasurable ways. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's getting I mean, pleasure out of that. they pleasure. They may, but the... But in the, the way that they eat shit. Well, the, <laughs> the, the person who's getting their asshole sucked is not getting pleasure at that point, it, unless no, they are, comes. unless they are a Thirty fan, which then I guess hats off to you for getting pleasure for getting your asshole sucked off by Three Eleven. But uh, most <laughs> of mean, us Nick, will not. Nick Hexum is a handsome man. Okay, <laughs> he's um, very handsome. You know what? Yeah, he is. But, he has his own his quintet also, so he's basically but, a jazz musician. But is it is it Nick Hexum or Essay? Wow. wow. Oh, S.A. is... What was S.A.'s other band? Do what they call it? him Nick Sexum because he's so Los, hot? Or oh, should. yeah. Uh, it's not worse than what Lear 11, guys. Los, even, his, even his 80s phase isn't worse than 311. Did you just say Lear 11? It's not Lear first Lear good 11. No, it's not. Every I like the 80s. I liked it. I did. Bleeping, Can't even hold salt to his 80s phase, dude. It's true. Yeah, it's it's really true. So, what were we supposed to be doing next week? Uh, Mad Lib Shades of Blue, I believe. More more jazz. Mad Lib Shades of Blue. Is it more? I believe. Oh, we're doing the. That's right, we're doing Mad Lib, where he alert. the album where he samples. It's an Amber Alert. <laughs> not Air Horn. Not Air Horn. They do the different your phone buzzes. They're like somebody's kids missing, and everybody's like, "I know, but I'm out to dinner. What do you I'm not looking for a blue Prius." <laughs> I, I I'm excited about listening to that Mad Lib album. Really good. I'm yeah. done with it. It's all those blue. I'm done with the sickness. You're down with the clown. Is that what you're saying? Down with the sickness. Down with the clown. <laughs> oh my god! You're down with the si- you're down with the clown sickness. Oh my god! I guess that is a. What kind of Venn diagram would that be with like juggalos? I'm a clown. I'm sick. Like, down with both and disturbed and disturbed fans yeah oh god i can't even do that my throat is not in the position to make disturbed monkey noises i I can't even Uh, uh, it sounds like i'm trying to cough up phlegm right now thanks for sharing way shorter with us uh crowder that was a really nice dive i enjoyed it immensely you know you know who who turned me on to this that i was trying to get them on is motherfucking john stokes who just that Fuck you, John Stokes. Yeah. I haven't said that in a long time. Fuck, fuck you, Cruz John Stokes. Yeah, fuck you, fuck Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. 
Fuck you, Trump. So Lindsey Graham, That's... Kanye West. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, fuck Kanye don't, West. Don't fuck Elon John Musk. Stokes as much. Oh, yeah. Can I tell you a story about why, why fuck you, John Stokes is so funny? I uh I had this this organ uh, an electric organ. Oh, I thought you were I talking about your we'll kidney st- or something. No, we'll stop this after this, and I'll we'll, I'll toot toot and get the fuck out of here. But <laughs> the um, I had this organ. This thing was like Robert. You've seen it. I'm pretty sure you saw it because yeah. we it was in my apartment. Yeah, absolutely. College thing was easily like 600, 700 pounds, and getting it down the stairs and into this little tiny college apartment was just a fucking nightmare and then i ended up moving it into geo's house which is also just a fucking nightmare and then i moved it to a third story of a fucking studio which was where i thought it would die and then john stokes says oh man take that organ from you it's a nice organ you can buy like i had no place to put i would love to have an organ again but that's beside the point um so he takes the organ he says, why don't you like, you know, you're like an art student. You do art and stuff, right? And so uh, I'm also a piece of shit. So I didn't really, he didn't take that into account. But like, why don't you just, you know, decorate it for me? Can you decorate the or like paint it up, dude? Go for it. I don't care. I'm not I don't give a shit if it's like pristine, the same finish that it was or anything. I'm like, yeah, sure. And so I grab some spray paint and I write, fuck you, John Stokes, and uh, take it to his house. <laughs> and this is before he had kids, right? And, you know, years go by, he ends up getting his wife pregnant and they have their children and now it's like covered with a blanket. And like the next time I see it, he's like, yeah, so my parents came over. Like, you know, my family was here. Like, like, check out this organ that, oh, 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 oh and, and never mind the, you know, profanity written all over <laughs> it uh, in spray paint. I got it from a degenerate. So my bad, but yeah, there it is. So, so every now and then uh, fuck you, John Stokes comes up and it's a joke. It's a joke. Not like when we say fuck you, Ted Cruz, because yeah, sometimes that's... on this podcast, we just say fuck you, Ted Cruz. Fuck Ted Cruz. Because yeah. fuck Ted Cruz. Like, I that guy. Yeah. I miss really John Stokes. I feel like being. the last time we talked to John Stokes was when we were talking about Sublime. He would have been really fascinating to have on this episode. No, we had another one. He... We had another one after Sublime. There was. I can't remember what it was, though. I don't either. It wasn't long ago. No. It wasn't too long ago, but it's been like a month or only a month. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah, it's been, it might have been two. Yeah, it was after Sublime for sure, though. Uh, was it Rush? Oh, was it, it Rush was Rush. Yeah, that's been. Well, like we did six, do Rush, months, guys. But I thought Rush I was, was Rush. before Sublime. Rush was when I was still in Michigan, so it's been a while. No, Sublime was when I, I thought, was in Portugal. It would have been like February, and then he did again in March or April. Yeah, but he did another one. I swear to God, he only likes doing the ones that he doesn't really like. <laughs> I swear he. I swear he did That's another fair. one recently. I thought he did too, but two, I two, think two. he did one within like the last two months or so. There's no way he did it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It doesn't matter. Toot. Go look at our website. Toot toots toots toodles toot toot I, motherfucker. Um, sure. <laughs>